Kalima. Kalima. What did he say? Shock the day. Um, it's funny when uh, you do the one. captions on it. Welcome to the Fresh Podcast. Stop being um, that means- <laughs> um, today we are reviewing uh, Temple of Doom. And uh, I do have a... I do have one, just one single update from my uh, reading of the Rise of Skywalker novelization. Just one. Nice. I heard that. I said nice. I didn't say nothing. Oh. Um, in terms of news, besides uh, Harvey Weinstein refusing to pay Kevin Smith royalties for clerks, and Ron Weasley is pregnant. Well, no, the wife of Ron Weasley. It's the wife of Rupert Grant. They are pregnant. 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 Hello? Regnard. The middle of a pandemic. People know what I'm talking about. Congrats to him. That's all I have to say. Inception of a baby. (laughs) Congrats to them. That's pretty much it. Otherwise, yeah, I can't think of anything either. Um, Honestly, like that kid's just gonna have to grow up knowing that his dad is a child star. Or was a child star? Oh, Tim Brown died. He was a guy yeah. from uh, Mash. Yeah, John yeah. Frank. Lots of people dead. All right. Um, book. <laughs> it's Unless dark. you got something else, you better kill some time now. Uh, I've been watching a lot of, again, more Kurosawa movies. Um, so great uh, police procedural. I think your mom would have enjoyed it a lot. Actually, it was called High Low. High and Low. It's about this um, guy who is the president of a shoe-making corporation. Um, he, like, designs the shoes and everything, and his board members are like, make your shoes cheaper so they can wear out faster and we can sell more. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And they're like, what's your problem, man? And he's like, well, I don't want to do that. And they're like, we're going to kick you and your dad out, and we're going to take over your company. And he's like, oh, you guys suck. And they kick him out of his house. And then he gets a phone call, and they say, your son's been kidnapped. And the guy's like, what are you talking about? They're like, give us 30 million yen, or we kill your son. And the guy's like, what? And they hang up on him. And then his dad, his son walks in, and he's like, what's up, dad? And he's like, what the, what the hell is going on right now? Turns out they stole his chauffeur's son. So when he finds out that it's his son, he's like, I'll give you anything. I'll get like 30 million yen right off the bat. But when they find out it's the chauffeur's son, they're like, I don't know, 30 million yen is a lot of money. Um, so we're going to call the police, right? And he said, but they'll kill him if we call the police. He's like, yeah, but, you know, we got to find him, right? So call the police. <laughs> like, it's, and all of this is being said with the dad in the background. Like, it's crazy. It's, like, all about classism. It's in hmm. caste system in general. And then the, 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 the kid comes back right away. And... The second half of the movie is like all the lo- all the police work that it takes to find this guy, and then the third act is them actually setting up a trap for him. And it was so interesting and so good. I really loved it. High and low, great police procedural. Highly recommend. Kira mm-hmm. Kurosawa, loving this loving this run of movies. Nice. Uh, I guess the biggest news I saw was that Taika Waititi was talking about. Thor, Love, and Thunder. 
a bunch. Yeah, I wanted to read it, but I also wanted to stay away from it. But I did hear positive things that they they were gushing. He, uh, well, I think the biggest thing is he showed off some um, some uh, concept art of like a new design for Meek, like a new like battle suit and shit. Oh yeah, but, like, Meek. Yeah, uh, Meek, and um, then they yeah, they showed not- off like a uh, uh, an artistic design of like new asgard where it's like there's a bar called the mjolnir Ah, um and uh he basically like in the end just kind of said if you like ragnarok you thought ragnarok was crazy this movie's gonna make ragnarok look like a like normal by comparison so i like it i like i like i want to see i want to see loki and thor swap faces because they Hmm. swap faces I think Taika is gonna go nut, nutty buddy on this and do like normal Taika weirdness. Just make a just uh, make a face off remake. You know what? No, forget Thor Love and Make them swap faces. I don't want to see that in the future. I want to see that as a prequel. I want all of it to happen before the first Thor. That to have that to have happened before that movie even occurred. Like I want this to be like them as like twenty year olds getting the face off thing. Totally. <laughs> yeah um i i mean chris Still have you seen any of what have you seen any of like like non-thor like marvel movies you get three guesses i don't know what yes. the third I mean, one you pretty... don't know what you just third one for yeah i mean have you seen what we do in shadows and jojo rabbit those are like the more important questions I'm i have ask. not gotten to jojo rabbit but a major thing got spoiled for me about it and i like okay there's gotta be more to it than that that's, whatever. I mean, it's a point that's spoiled for me. Wait, what did you say? What I, did you say about JoJo? Me? Or yeah. That, what did you just say? Um, I, I got. I'm kidding. I there's didn't a, hear you. Uh, there's a there's a point. Uh, I got I got spoiled to a a certain part of it. And what's that? Okay. Uh, mom hanging from a tree. Oh, whatever. That was right. enough for you. That was that was enough for you. No, I it's not. It's like no, I thought about. It. I was like. There's got to be more to it than that. I'm not shining away from the movie. I'm just like, it's just the thing that happens. That just a thing hurts, that but I'm still gonna probably see it. You should go uh, see would, it. It's really good. Don't tell me I should. Darn it! I have my own rights. Well, you should. He's not saying you have to. That's the thing. Um, it's a suggestion. You should go see um, it. It's very good. Think- I would say this, that moment is a gut punch in the movie. It, it's a good surprise when it happens, but I don't think knowing anything about it beforehand hurts it. I actually think it's going to give you something that you could only get on your second time watching the movie, which is knowing that her time is limited. But that's not just what that movie is. That movie is a lot of things. and There's a lot to appreciate about it. There's even more to that kid's life than just his mom. Um, I highly recommend it still very much so that's not that is a thing that happens but it is a it, it is inconsequential when you consider how much is also in that movie to, that you can get from it that's that's what I figured it's like there's got to be more to it than that you should probably also see what we do in shadows and hunt for the wilder people I, I, I have to see everything no you should just see those yeah, three movies the, the, well that's the point of the podcast uh, from my perspective Look! is to to show Chris interesting stuff. My goal has always been that. Anyway, he saw Ricky. Um, I don't know a lot of people who've seen Riccio. You can say that, Chris. You can say that to people you know. 
have you seen Riccio? And they'll say no, and you'll be like, damn right, and walk away. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to give you, man. Like some of that inside baseball stuff, that like geeky niche when, stuff. Also, yeah, there's some popular stuff you got to see, but like we're getting to that. You haven't seen Good Will Hunting. It's gonna be great when you do, and we talk about it. Like that's what I'm excited about. Like, when this is all when this is all said and done. I'm gonna show my friends Riccio, whatever it takes. Good luck. I want to see. I want to see their reactions. Dude, you show you slipped in Hardcore Henry once, so there you go. Yeah. Um. Okay. You admired um, Freddy Got Fingered. You sat through and admired that movie. I don't know a lot of people who have seen that movie, dude. So, like, you have some insider baseball stuff. We know Surfer. How insider baseball is that? <laughs> exactly. Yes, you haven't seen everything, but you have seen, I haven't seen Surfer and Team Confront like, So, seen some crazy stuff, and we've got it down on record. So, like, that's you I got mean, that. I mean, Chris, You're not just the guy who Chris, hasn't think, seen everything, you're the guy who's seen some things, man. You've seen Chris, some things. Chris, think about it this way I, you, sat, you sat through <laughs> and you understood, you understood enough of it. <laughs> no, I'm laughing at that phrase. He's like, you've seen. In some things. <laughs> yeah, yes. Dude. Yes, you are. <laughs> dude, Chris, Chris, you sat through Paprika, and that movie is weird as shit sometimes. Sometimes. Great, great one. Yeah, dude, that's like a all the nutty time. movie. That movie's okay. Amazing. The movie's crazy. Did I just lose that my place? Insane. Okay. That movie's nuts. Our patented word. So good. We like using that word. Insane. So uh, good. That's the thing. But Chris, I and believe me, at some point we're gonna put another Satoshi Kone film on on one of the lists. I don't know what. I think me and Alex have an idea of what the next one we're gonna suggest is. But um, but can uh, I get to the book, dude? <laughs> stop stalling. No. Don't prevent this. You can't stop this. We'll, we'll get to it, Chris. Don't worry. I'm gonna run away and get ice cream when you do that. Yeah, we were just to, to, we were just like trying to. Is that about story time? Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna anyway, full page for this right. book. All right, Chris, go for it, Chris. Chris, go talk about Star Wars for two minutes. Okay, it's not gonna be two minutes. So, okay. can I tell you can I tell something, Chris? That I did recently about Star Wars. Yeah, go ahead. About Rise of Skywalker specifically. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I, I was like, okay. okay, so I'm, I'm in the process currently of not liking it and being kind of mad at it. <laughs> like I don't know if I'm Twitter texted. So like I look on YouTube and they keep sending me this essay that's three videos long and each video is like four forty minutes long. And it's basically a walk by. It's an it's a it's not a pro video. It's an against video. The this is not a good movie video. And I'm like, how in depth and good must this be? So I find the first video, I click it, and in the first second, Chris. It points out something where I was like, shit, this is a bad movie. In like the first minute, I like it's less than a minute. He, point, he points out the fact that when Ray fights the red uh, soldiers at the end, it shows it and it cuts to Kylo fighting the Knights of Ren and then it goes back to her killing the exact same people she just killed from a different angle. And I was like, oh my God, she killed the same people twice that I never. There was life. some of that in the movie we watched tonight. Yes. They know how yes. to and use that. There are people who know how to use that efficiently. That exactly. was not a good example. No, Steven Spielberg knows how to cheat 
this is too big of a cheat because it just shows how little we know about these people. And like, it's just okay. All right. How disoriented he is. And I was I like, wow. Gonna, I'm gonna, like, Ooh, it's bad. I'm gonna personally, I'm gonna categorize that as a nitpick. Because the casual audience missed it. I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm gonna leave it alone. That's a nitpick. That is a nitpick. Chris, I will give you my. There are much bigger issues in that movie. There's so much. There are bigger fish to fry. Yes, I agree. I agree. I'm not arguing the size of the pick that has been knitted. I'm talking about the knit that's been picked. What I'm talking about is. In the first minute of this somewhat hour and a half, maybe two hour long essay this guy's made, in the first minute, he points out something that just highlights what J.J. Abrams does. How quickly he puts you in the moment, and it isn't until you're done that you realize, God, that was dumb. And it happens too much that if he can give you one prime example in the first minute of your video, it's like, oh, damn. How good must this video be if it's two hours long? That's my point. Like, I never even noticed that. I, but when I was watching the movie tonight, I did sure as hell notice that the moment that the bad guy drops and the bag's burnt holes and the two rocks are gone and he's caught it, his bag has broken its strap. It has a hole in it in the front and, like, it's on fire. In the next shot, they shoot arrows at him. And then his bag is fine and hanging off. And it's the same shot that they shot him with the arrows with before. It just now his bag is completely fine. And that it only has two seconds. And the only reason they're there is to let you know that those soldiers are there because then here come the British soldiers. And it, there's a reason that it gets you from one point to another. It's a cheat for two seconds, sure. But it doesn't impact the entire like point of the story, which is like, why are the knights? Who are the knights of Ren? You made such a big deal. They're fighting. Okay, well, here are these red guys. It's like the last movie. She's going to kill the red guys. But she murders them, and they cut back, and then she murders them all again. So it's like, what are we doing here? Who are these people? I, I, it, maybe now, it's you comparison. see why I'm so fascinated. Dude, I'm always fascinated by bad movies, but like it, it makes me highlight. It just highlights what J.J. Abrams does. He's like, don't think about this moment, just go with the moment. This is what Spielberg does. He cheats his way. Like, there's no cliff in Jurassic Park before the T-Rex pushes the car off the cliff. Yep. Like, there's cliff in Raiders before the car in the car chase with the truck goes off the cliff. He he does he does those cheats and he does them for fun. Or, like, he does it to give information to get you from one point to another. But if you continue to do it, like, in danger of the story, then it's the whole movie. And that's just one little chink in, like, it's one little paper cut of a thousand paper cuts that made the man bleed to death. I was like, first minute in, damn, this is a two-hour thing. I didn't watch it, but I was like, ooh, this guy is probably much, much more in depth than I am. He's watched this more times than I have. <laughs> Watched it a lot. Okay. So, Alex, I'm closing in on the moment. They have taken C3PO to Kajimi to have his head dissected by Babu Frick. So I'm close. I'm getting there. It's coming. So she has but to 
Sorry, what? She, we're getting, we're getting closer to killing Chewie. No, I'm past that. Oh, we're past. Okay, all right. I'm, I have passed that. There's nothing really of note, really. We're doing because Chewie died. That's right. Yeah. Um, it's like a huge chunk of the movie is a fetch quest after fetch quest. Go on. Yes. Um. So. Besides my another overall observation of the lack of conflict between any characters that make anybody stand out, even um, Zori Bliss, because she's like, I hate your guts, Poe. Will you come with me to the colonies? Um, it's like every issue this movie has is staring me in the face with this book. But, um... Well, I mean, I, I'm fine with a character from a, 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 an attractive person from an, another attractive person's past going, I all right. <laughs> it's like exactly what Marion did, remember? I like how you had to point out that they were attractive. Like, it well, wasn't... That's, <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the, that's one of my points of tonight, too. But, like, remember Marion in the first movie? She was like, I hate you. I hate your guts. And then they immediately fall back and, like, line with each other. That's just who is she... That's who she was supposed to be to Poe. But she came in in the third movie. And then she fake dies. Like everyone else. Um. <laughs> you know what? We did have something to talk about. We do have something to talk about. Did you hear about the fucking, uh, like, J.J. Abrams editor coming out? Okay, okay this, yeah, isn't, right. this isn't her fault. This isn't her fault. I'm sorry. This is not her fault. It's the fact that the media is making it a big deal, and everything. Every time someone comes with an opposing opinion about either one of these movies, it's going to become news. So it's not her fault. What pisses me off is the fact that she doesn't see that. Of course, you are J.J. Abrams' editor. You are going to side with J.J. Abrams. Oh, like they didn't ruin the last movie, Last Jedi. He just made different decisions. He just decided to make different decisions. The third movie is an absolute absolute unwillingness to accept those things and change things in a u-turn way the other one is a left turn this is the the third movie is a u-turn it's what you're talking about but she just i'm not surprised she doesn't see it from let's say the perspective of jade of ryan johnson's editor who's also, i don't since maybe a long i don't time. trust her as an editor i don't trust her as an editor because that movie was at such a frenetic pace that i would like listen you'll hear me no, say this somewhere else she made, force, she made force awakens she didn't make the third movie Oh, okay. Either that's, way, that's point. I still have to say. Like, I still have to say this. Um, I will forgive almost all of the movie's decisions, all of it, if it didn't move so fast. This is not Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? This isn't that. There's so many moving parts, many, many, many spinning, many more, way more spinning plates than Raiders of the Lost Ark, well, and. Your ability you can't to see the yeah, I, I appreciate your ability to see Rise of Skywalker as a bad movie, but still admit that you would be unwilling to not see it as a good, as a bad Star Wars movie. Like you'd have to see it as a good one. I will probably still enjoy it when I watch. It. I'll probably still enjoy it, but there are still decisions. The more movies we watch, man, the more good movies you watch, the more you're going to be able to like see those problems and you as a fan are going to have to be able to decide how they affect you for me as like a a come and go fan like i don't like think about them and watch all the stuff and read all the stuff all the time not a major fan but someone who like comes and goes when the major things happen i give them my money i sit down and i tell them i like their stuff and i want to see more of it and if i don't like it it's usually why i don't like it that makes me upset 
not liking something that I just am not into, but I'll understand. If I'm not into the decisions of Rise of Skywalker, I'm not. But why did that happen? And once you see what happens, you're like, well, that's really shitty that they made those decisions. Really, to go like they act like there's no way to go past Last Jedi, but there is. It's really simple. Okay. And the fact okay. That you just okay. like don't answer to those questions is really dumb. And okay. Isn't wise. What pisses me off. As a fan. Okay. So. Back on point. Hashtag back to Willow. Um. So, despite, like, also, like, not, I get, uh, hold on, <laughs> I'm, I'm everywhere right now. First, I gotta focus. First, joke. Alex Robles, everybody, come for Carrie Russell, stay for, po- stay for Oscar Isaac. I would, too. Um, Honestly, I think they're both great, but I stand by Oscar Isaac being, like, I think Oscar Isaac is great. I think he's he's been doing a lot of serious stuff lately. I it's wasn't like, talking no, always, about their... All right. Okay, want, no, and he's really huggable, and I want to squeeze him. <laughs> there we go. That's what I'm um, And Drive, and all the other great things he's been in. Especially the bedroom. Um, okay. Uh... <laughs> Sorry, that, I don't know why I laughed at my joke. Uh, <laughs> Okay, so despite all that, I did come across an interesting page and a half, and it is Kylo Ren meets Chewie when Chewie gets captured. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, why not? That's fun. What happens? Allow me to read, if I may. Zach, you may want to get some more ice cream. Um... Your Barry White voice on. Let's yes. make it consensual. Chris, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this because I, I know you're very passionate about this, but you uh, have till eight twenty up and then we're done. Four minute on my own program. Yeah, dude, it's his show. Go get some more ice cream. All right. So page chapter nine. Page 118. Mm-hmm. Bottom half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a quick shuttle trip back to the command ship, and it hadn't given Kylo Ren nearly enough time to prepare. He stopped before the door of Interrogation 6, rallying his thoughts. He had all the power now, he reminded himself. The Wookiee was his past. He meant nothing to him. Kylo opened the door. Chewbacca was shackled to the wall. He looked up at Ren, fury in his eyes. I can't do the voice. Um, I have not forgotten <laughs> how you, uh, Kylo said. That wound had resulted in a defeat at Ray's hands. Had he been in top fighting form, the scavenger never would have gotten the best of him. Thank you, Rise of Skywalker. Um, yeah, shut we down all, all those haters. Like, that's not everyone. A- Trust me, not everyone. Um... That's people who don't understand film language. And also, like, it's in front of his face. He's sitting... He took a shot from a blaster from the gun that we've proven can send people flying across the field from earlier in the movie. Like, they make a joke about it specifically to let you know that when Kylo gets hit and he keeps hurting himself, it's so that he can keep that wound from killing him. 
So, yeah, he's not in top condition. Are you guys insane? Not you, as in these guys you're talking about, guys? Guys, not... Next part. Okay, next part. Let's move along. With the wave of Kylo's hand, Chewbacca's shackles, Chewbacca's shackles opened and clinked to the floor. He removed the lightsaber from his belt, dropped, dropped it to the ground. Kill me, Kylo taunted. I'm unarmed. Now's your chance. Have your revenge for Han Solo. Chewbacca had never been stupid, and so he made no move, but he growled dark and low. Feel that? Kylo continued, merciless. It makes you feel alive, doesn't it? That burning, the dark side, it makes you powerful. He's talking to Chewie. Um, you understand that. The scavenger would will understand it too. He sensed a stab of fear from the Wookiee on Ray's behalf. Kylo smiled, for he'd just been given his way in. Chewbacca loved the girl, loved the girl, the book emphasizes. Um, in time, shut up. Uh, in time, he would love her as much as he'd loved Han Solo. The way... <laughs> <laughs> the way he'd never really loved Ben, Snoke had been the one to show him that. Uh, <laughs> Kylo's voice crackled with rage. What was her mission? Where is she going? Give me the answer, or I'll take it myself. That's it should that. have been—it should have been satisfying to watch Ky- uh, Chewbacca wince in fear. Kylo should have felt the pleasure in reaching out with a force, inserting himself into the Wookiee's mind, ripping away at his memories and thoughts. Instead, he was, it was exhausting. He saw flashes of the Wookiee laughing with a much younger Han Solo than he himself remembered. Felt Chewbacca's Uh-oh. joy when his best friend married the woman he'd come to, fu- come to love like a sister. Saw no. the Wookiee cuddling a human toddler, teaching an older boy to fly a speeder, target practice with a young man, their blasters set on stun against a haphazard dummy made of rocks. Uncle Chewie, he called him back then. Oh no! Naja rolled around in the pit of Kylo's stomach when he finally walked away from Interrogation 6. He'd gotten what he needed. Surely the sense of triumph would follow soon. That's nice stuff. I like that. Yeah, that was pretty nice. Finally, a compliment for this book. Otherwise, nothing's really happening. It's just following the movie pretty well. I'm not adding any additional information. But I will get to the moment of the reveal. And it will be glorious. Or not. It's the book's choice. It's probably just going to talk about how Ray feels in that moment. Probably that she always knew. <laughs> God, I hope not. All right. Zach, I come back. I knew there was something wrong with me. I just got my tub of ice cream, you assholes. <laughs> yeah, we did it perfectly. We nailed it. <laughs> 821. I want a minute over. You'll suck it. Um... I mean, the fact that you still even have to talk about it is problematic, but that's okay. I, I just imagine you, like, going to your kitchen and getting the bowl and getting the spoon, the best spoon, your ice cream spoon. You, like, get a glass yeah. and, like, pour some, like, soda in it. Does he use you, it like, for ice cream? Tray. What? You make it sound like I'm making a, a root beer float. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. That's the point. That's why it's taking so long. You eat everything separately and throw it in your mouth after I know, right? <laughs> Four minutes for you to get your tub of ice cream. No, I mean, I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, eh, I just want the ice cream. It'll <laughs> <laughs> take four minutes. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah. it's uh, The book is uh, significantly slowed down from any, any additional details that warrant a point out. So, 
Zach, you may luck out, and I might not have anything to update you on next time. Oh my god, it's a miracle. It sounds like Ryder tapped out. <laughs> yeah. Um or she or they just like there's like a block of there's like a block of pages where she's allowed to just go and there aren't any like studio notes. They're like, <laughs> you must include this and explain why this happened and go. Like there's none of that until the Palpatine reveal or something like that. I don't know. What if it's like a huge section for like two pages of the writer just going like I don't know why I'm writing this. What's going on right now? Help. My kids are. It's just the page. Just on the page. Just help. my family's eating dinner and I should be sitting down with them talking about my life or talking, or teaching them how to fly a kite or play baseball. But instead, I'm in here typing this and it all escapes the editor because the editor is just like, yeah, fine, whatever. This as long as you explain why how if, if, why uh, Finn has the force. And uh, who's and who and uh, whose son is he? Um, you don't. Finn has the force. That's the thing. Like, you don't like. like the, they need an explanation because she's a woman, and they would need an explanation because he's black. But at the end of the day, you don't. It's exactly why Broom Boy doesn't need one, but no one listen, questions Broom Boy because listen. he's a white kid. Listen. Everyone should have the force. Everyone should. Everyone should have the ability to like do it a little bit. That's why I loved about. God, there was a movie that came out with Looper. Like Looper, the whole point of Looper is like there's some people who are, have a little bit of telekinesis, so all they can do is like do a coin trick and they use that to get themselves laid. But then like there's also this kid out there that can like murder and explode people with his mind. So like everyone should have the force. Why not? So there's Magneto at the end of X Men: The Last Stand, kind of people with the chess piece. Okay, gotcha. Then there's a then there's Professor X. Yeah. Then there are those kinds of people. Like, yeah. Professor X, like, seizure kinds of people. It's just, like, some people have a big screen in front of them so they can't reach the force to that extreme level, and some people just have an open fucking doorway, and they can just walk right through it. And there's anyway! Temple of Doom. Let's not waste, <laughs> let's not waste Zach's time on his program. All right, well, what did you think, Chris? So, okay, Chris. Temple of Doom. <laughs> Sorry. I had to make that last jab. Okay, we're good. I'm done. You're not, you're not right, Chris, but that's okay. <laughs> like, it's not like you're ever sorry. No. There. Okay, fine. Even ground. All right. Temple of Doom. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. much it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, I, everybody. I, I, uh, last crusade wait. next week. I, I asked you, I guess Chris, what did you think about it? Well, Alex, real quick before we, we do that. Oh, okay. Um, Chris, when was the last time you actually saw Temple of Doom? Uh, years ago. At least four. So, without giving a grade or too much away, what was your thought seeing it after all these years, I guess? Um... Coming off the heels of Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was like, okay, like, it was cheaper, if I remember it being. Because, okay. like, for a cheaper long time, I have to explain, for a long time, this was the only Indiana Jones movie that we, that my family had. Okay. Until we got, we got the full screen DVD. <laughs> Okay. Um, 
So there are, like, this also applies to the Raiders of the Lost Ark. There are details that I miss, like, with full screen so or VHS. And I agree, yeah. Oh, yeah, you miss things. I got the thing. Okay, fine, go ahead. You didn't let me finish, but okay. Sorry. I, this is no, no. This is actually in the same vein. Did you notice what the name of the bar was in the opening scene? Club Obi Wan. Yeah, I know. Yep. You thought I missed a detail like that? Yes. What do you Obi Wan from us? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind anyway. the racist implications that a club like that would have. Brittany Stray, which sure. that. So okay, so you you had the VHS for a long time, and then you finally got it in widescreen. Um, like yeah, um, not recently, but like, not widescreen, um, full screen. We got it in full screen, and I would just watch, I would just watch those over and over, like, because I was a kid and it was an adventure. I didn't really get like the whole ripping hearts out of chests. Yeah. And Nazi and Nazi uh, symbolism and imagery kind of flew over my head. Um, uh, uh, more than that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, yeah, it was kind so, of like, so, yeah, this time around. This time around, I'm just like this. Is odd, but it's like a good odd. It's um, fun. it's yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah. like halfway through, I was just like, I feel like the movie didn't really pick up until halfway through. For yeah. a while, it was just like, kind of, you know, this say. movie is significantly slower than yeah. it is the Lost Ark, and it was actually fifteen minutes shorter. Um, mm -hmm. and like I said, I didn't want to believe it was cheaper because the sets were still big. Uh, these are still some impressive sets. Um, this is actually more expensive. Really? Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Raiders was a huge, huge hit. Hmm. Then I guess the, uh, the uh, <laughs> the, nah, never mind. Um, I don't know. Fact, something, something didn't feel. I feel like this wasn't as like. Um, I don't know what the word would be. It just didn't feel as like. I don't want to say big because that's the kind of the point. But you know what? Okay, yeah, it's. It wasn't as big as Raiders, and I was kind of like, I was like, I wasn't expecting that. I thought these would be like even keel across these three, like, um, like this big adventure that spans the globe. No, it was actually contained in one place for the most part. Um, I guess that's kind of like the whole, not disappointing, but just like. Condensed, jarring, yeah, condensed. It's like something about it just felt cheaper, even if it was more expensive. I don't know, you know, claustrophobic, claustrophobic, or something like that. Yeah, um, 
<clears throat> to, to give you a quick metric, Chris, this movie was made on about $10 million more than Raiders. Was that adjusted for inflation? No. That that was at the time. So no, Raiders was made on eight. Yeah. Uh, Raiders was made on eighteen million dollars. This was made on twenty-eight point two. Oh, uh, okay. So huh. almost double. Hmm. Um, to just give you an idea. That's so okay, so take take the look out of it. How did you yep. feel about the story? Uh, story. Um, I felt it was. Okay. Okay. So I know where I know. I think I know where you're going with this. So, no, I'm asking you. I'm asking you story, characters, okay. everything about it. So, story. I felt was like, okay, this isn't like like the Ark of the Covenant. This is just a few stones that went into a village. Um, but it was still, I thought, like, pretty well told, even though it was kind of like. Um, coming off of Raiders, I didn't feel like Indiana Jones was kind of like, uh, gosh, you're going to think I'm an idiot. Talk me off this cliff. Um, I didn't feel like, I felt like Indiana Jones was like, um, the character was like John McClane before his time, like in his time, like in the early 80s. Um, like, cause like you're getting this big, like you're starting to get these big out of control, like action movies with Stallone and Sly. And then here's then later down the road in the early nineties is Die Hard. And then right in the middle is some right in between all of that is Indiana Jones. And... Like, I feel like Indiana Jones now, after seeing Temple of Doom, they were trying to make him that kind of, like, Stallone or Schwarzenegger or even Lundgren kind of guy. But they didn't want to go too far with it. Um, and... Hmm. Okay, I'm going into character now. Uh, I just I just naturally drifted into like character for some reason. Anyway, um, all right, uh, story, story. Um, I feel like the story was really simple. I mean, it took yeah a while to get there, to move it along. Like all the points came in, like um. I can't speak. I essential retail, everyone. Um, the story kind of just like, like the beats were kind of just like spaced out, like kind of evenly. They took their time with each one. Um, <laughs> there was there was um, Indy getting uh, a. <laughs> Getting possessed by um, cursed blood. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was weird. Um, <clears throat> so I guess I should go into character now. It's like okay, so my mom. Do you want to? 
Okay, go ahead. For my mom. Hi, mom. Um, this is her least liked Indiana Jones movie uh-huh. because of Willie Scott. My We're mom cannot stand that. her screaming all like throughout the runtime. A lot of people can't. <laughs> a common common fault people have okay yeah <laughs> for some reason i always thought like that was unique to my mom it was like i cannot stand that screaming blonde woman um no nobody say common <laughs> common complaint okay um get into the history of this whole thing okay so also okay here's another thing about story i was thinking about this in the later half of the movie as i was enjoying myself i'm like I was thinking about the movie going back throughout the movie and just like this. If tw- if like if a few things were different, just a few, this could have been a sequel, and you could replace Willie Scott with Karen Allen. Ah, uh, like um, not the whole singing part. No, um, like like I'm saying, like a few things would have changed, but. Um, well, like, yeah, this leads, I feel this like this my, could have been a direct sequel instead of a prequel. But then imagining it, hold on, hold on, hold on. Imagining it as a prequel is like, okay, then it's its own thing, right? I feel like, like, oh man. Um, yeah, I'm still, see, see, I'm still thinking about it. Um, this would be my question that I'm going to ask, especially after Crusade. And I, okay. I, I was talking to Zach. I, it is my least seen of all the three of them. It, I think it's going to end up being my favorite. I feel like we're heading down that rail based off of what I remember. Maybe not. I still think Raiders is the best so far. But it poses. I'm going to pose this question this time and next time. Do you think we should have watched Doom first? No. Raiders first. You really don't think so? Nope. Oh man. Okay. Um, I, I, well, Zach, Zach, how do you feel about the movie? So this movie is, it's something I gotta say. Um, it's something. It's, okay. We'll go with that. It very much like, I don't, where do I even go with this? Like, <laughs> it, it's my second least favorite film, obviously, when we get to that one movie that I don't believe should be an Indiana Jones movie. We'll talk about my utter dreaded hatred for that movie. <laughs> but <laughs> I cannot wait for a Alex level it's meltdown. Not gonna be a rant. Not gonna be a it's not I'm gonna be a rant. Kind of, I'm I'm pro for I'm pro for. Fight! 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 Uh, it, That's well, what no, me and Alex actually already talked about this. I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, I'm going to like it a little bit more having not watched it for almost 12 years. Um, so, um, but as of right now, it's still my least favorite for various reasons. I think me and Alex have nailed down the reason why I don't like it, too. Uh, and we'll talk a lot. I'll talk actually a lot more about that next week on, on Last Crusade, because the reason why I don't like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull has a lot to do with why I love last crusade so much uh which involves a lot of the side characters but anyways we'll get to that uh this movie 
I think was a lot of fun. It it wasn't good. It, it was very weird, and there's a lot of a lot of really 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 racist things going on with this movie, <laughs> and and a lot of really really large disrespect to the Indian people and that and the use of the thuggies as villains and all that and the British and just it, it goes on and on and on with all the stupid shit that happens in this movie um but at the end of the day the movie is a lot of fun once you get to the underground part of the movie when the movie starts becoming about Indies in trouble and it's kind of short rounds movie for about a good 30, like 15, 20 minutes where it's short round that starting to get the kids together to fight back and then save Indy when he's about to sacrifice Willie and all that. And I think truly when you, from the sacrifice scene on, I think so much of the movie gets so much more fun because it starts to move a lot, lot more at the pace similar to and i'm gonna a lot more similar to last crusade where while the movie doesn't go beat 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 it the story feels very natural where they're in a really shitty situation they're trying to get out of it um and it feels like an adventure but i think all the the the, the basically the framing and the backdrop and all that stupid shit that happens in literally the first like hour and 10 minutes of the movie which is involves you know the shanghai stuff and then and then you know getting into india and then doing that whole thing and all that just oh it's just it's just awful and terrible and weird and whatever and then there's the banquet scene that just is like whatever and and weird it was pretty funny i thought it is funny but like it's it's comedy for the sake of comedy not for the sake of pushing the story I think the more interesting thing is we're in, you have Indy talking with the prime minister who seems very, very fishy, I'd like to point out. And the British guy who's like, well, you know, this guy's got a point. He's very, very smart. And the, the, the prime minister's like, yeah, it's, it's old stories. You know, it, it, it's actually kind of really funny because it, it feels like a horror movie at times when you're thinking about it because it's this whole idea that this guy is the harbinger. If, if, from Kevin in the Woods, the guy who's like, the guy who tells you the story of, don't do this, blah, 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 they're dead, blah, blah, blah. And then the, the thing you fear most is actually there. Um, th- from that point forward, ignoring the rest of the banquet scene with the bugs and the snake and the monkey brains and all that, the movie st- changes dynamic quite considerably, I think to a much more interesting, almost horror movie-esque plotline, truthfully, that ends very straightforward. But again, I think the Willie character, well, the actress is fine. I think, kind of like your mom says, she screams a little too much for her own good in this. And Short Round is super fucking racist, but like, Short Round's <laughs> adorable. The kid's adorable, and the kid goes on to be... The kid goes on to doing Goonies, where he's so much more... He seems like he's having so much more fun in that movie than he is in this movie. Um, and that movie's just a lot of fun to begin with. But um, but uh, I think that... I don't know. Like, it's fun. It's a fun movie. 
I don't think I like there's a lot it has its blaring issues. It really does. But it's still an Indiana Jones movie. It's still a fun adventure movie. The villain feels you know, I told Alex this, I'm gonna tell you guys this. This movie just feels like like an hour and almost two hour long episode TV. And it comes with all the weird plot lines that comes with that. Like when you watch an episode of TV and you're like, oh, I like some things that and like well, I think that's what this movie feels like. It just feels like an t- almost two-hour-long movie, like TV episode of like the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, which comes with all the good and bad of that. Yeah. Um, that makes. Uh, so here's the deal with this movie. Um, yeah. L- Lucas was going through. Um, pretty bad divorce and Spielberg was breaking up with his longtime girlfriend and yes he was eventually meeting and dating Kate Capshaw the lead actress of this movie they would go on to marry and they are still married and had seven kids so like it was true love and he has gone on to say that like the only thing he likes about Temple of Doom is the fact that he met his wife on it um Lawrence Kasdan did not come back to write this he went on to go make the big chill but he didn't write it because he thought it was too dark and he wanted no part of it. Um, and Lucas and Spielberg both agree that the whole reason they don't like this movie is because it's super, super fucking dark. And it brought out the worst in them. And you know what? It is. It's a movie where like a consistent thing that ha- you can make a montage of how many times people whip kids in this movie. Like indie beats. He punches short round and smiles. He also a, did, line from, he also, a line from this movie is if you drink the blood, you you are in a nightmare. That's like you drink the blood, you're in a nightmare. They feed him blood from the skull of a human. This movie's super dark. Also, he did threaten to stab Willie at the club. That okay, was yeah. like, whoa, Indy. I was like, that's like, whoa, Indy, come on, you're not that kind of guy. Come on. Dude, though he was blind, he punched a woman in the face in the club. Yes, that too. That too. That too. Like, you know, he's constantly willing to shut up, right, even though is, she's right off an elephant. I think my comparison of this movie of being very similar to a horror movie isn't that far off, as weird as it is. Oh my gosh, they ripped people's hearts out from their chest. And they then dipped them, them into a, um, a lava whirlpool. Like it's, it's like a guy like hangs like this is the this is why this movie's dark to me, and it's like it's not just the fact that they go down in a pit in a like claustrophobic area of like the human sacrifice and stuff. It's the little things like the, you can tell that Short Round is there to put the kid on the adventure. Which, by the way, Short Round is the best thing about this movie, and I actually think that this role and performance is better than his role in Goonies. A lot of it has to do with there are better performances in Goonies, and he doesn't have a character who has needs and requirements but he has an arc in this movie and when he says i love you indy and burns him it gets me every goddamn time but uh the like when he hands him the whip when he's fighting the guy in the hotel room he goes indy your whip and he hands it to him and the music goes and it's like every kid is like i want to be that and then he uses the whip to wrap it around another guy's neck and they cut the short round's face and then he just throws the whip in a fan and hangs him. And you're like, did I just become accessory to murder? <laughs> and you're like, well, well, this movie 
is dark. Mm-hmm. And like the reason it doesn't feel the reason it feels cheap is because and by the way, like if you really focus on the sets here, they're amazing. My favorite shot in the whole yes. movie is short round uh get breaks free and then starts like running through the slave pit with his bag and you're behind him like it's a Jason Bourne movie. And you see the whole set, it looks amazing. All the money went to this set and the lighting and everything yes. and the elephant totally the money's that, there. That was but the thing. It's your that was their ground. You can obviously tell you're on a huge giant set. Okay, yeah, I was like, this movie looks like I was like, it's I want to say it looks cheaper, but these sets are just too good. I was just like, it has. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll bite the bullet on that one. Ten million dollars. This is this is why I think that the movies would be better with this starting first because Raiders of the Lost Ark is vast. You spend a lot of time outside, in the jungle, in the desert. You just feel the breeze. It's a summer movie. And you do the same thing with Crusades. There's a lot of places you go to. The whole opening is, involves an entire train. Like the, you, you are outdoors more. You feel like you're on an adventure. This is... You're, 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 you're going inside someplace dark because Luke is like was a dark person at that time. And like, yeah, there are silly things that they do as kids like knocking the guy on the head with the hammer or the like the 10 year old jokes of like the food at the table they don't it's not really about racism i think in their minds they're like this is an evil empire right now of course they eat evil things they're all under spells and stuff so what's the point like beetles and baby snakes and gorilla skulls and eyeball soup Chris, by the way, God, that was I don't, such a weird dinner. I don't, want to, I don't want to ruin this for you, but I'm going to. So right. those weren't baby snakes inside that snake. Those were leeches. Oh wow, big leeches! A guy put leeches in his mouth. Where's my bucket? So like, I I get Man. why everything is the way it is. Here's the things that I find the most interesting. As we go on, I feel like Raiders and Crusades are really vast and open, and even. Um, all the jungle stuff and, and outside stuff that you get with um, uh, Crystal Skull. But this movie, is you spend, when it really gets going, you spend it inside. And so that's not, it's, it just kind of feels oh. like you're in dark. As beautiful as it is, it's just like, it, it, it makes me think of Star Wars. Star Wars is kind of slow. It doesn't pick up until they reach the Death Star. And then it just, it, an onslaught of action, the same way with this movie. But the thing is, you're spending so much time in a dark, dreary-looking, kind of hateful place where, like, they use skulls as cups and they're ripping people's hearts out. And it's like, your lead character is now getting his back stabbed and he's screaming in pain constantly. He's beating his his sidekick. He's under, like, like hypnosis. Like, this stuff is dark. This, this stuff is really dark. By the oh, way, I, I, just, I just want to point this out because I just looked this up and I, I can't believe this is true. So Kathleen Kennedy... Was one of the dancers during the Anything yeah, Goes? Yes. Scene. Yeah, I yeah. Anyway, I was trying. I was trying to figure out which one she was. I couldn't tell her. I couldn't tell her apart because they all look the same. She's she's like in the background. You won't. You probably won't see her because they all look okay. the same. So I I think a big issue with this not looking like an Indiana or feeling like an Indiana Jones movie and looking somewhat cheap is because so much of the story that actually has action that you enjoy is not outside. It's inside. That's why the bridge scene is so memorable because you spend so much time in this temple. You get out and you're breathing and you're like, oh my God, this is like a really cool looking bridge and we're outside now. This is great. But I, I think this movie is trying to go by Star Wars rules um, in terms of its structure. 
but I also think it's like trying to be sort of like the a, a James Bond Roger Moore movie. It's way more of a James Bond movie than anything. Um, and I think it doesn't work because they made the deliberate choice of creating a female co-star character that is everything that Marion wasn't. They literally made that choice. She's, she's blonde. She's the singer. She's vain. She cares about money and diamonds. And like she's just all, all about herself. She's egotistical. She's everything that Marion is not. They made that decision. So even though I think Kate Capshaw is a good actress, is a good actress who's very good in this. She's a very good actor, but the character is written terribly. All the problems with her are literally in the script. You can tell, and I don't think she's bad at all. I just think she, even she says it herself. She's like, "All oh, my character does is scream and whine. I hate it." Like it was just written terribly because both Lucas and Spielberg weren't the biggest fans of women at the time. So <laughs> it's kind of take out problems out on the character. This is and that's why about all and all the stuff and like that's why they have a moment in the movie where like the main character is like getting spit on by the actress and just doesn't care and like puts her on a thing and he's like I'm gonna let you die like this stuff is dark man. So Kasdan got the hell out of there. Um, that's why because this was the movie that I watched the most. This was on cable the most. Um, not Last Crusade, interestingly enough, and not Raiders. I didn't watch really get into Raiders until after high school. But I watched this one the most as a kid. And then the others just kind of blurred together for me. As I got older and watched Raiders and Crusades, I was like, oh, I know this stuff. I just you know, didn't know which movie it came from. But I knew Doom because Doom was in the entire cave the entire time. And I remember watching this now and being like, wow, there are things that I totally bought out of my mind, like how much they whipped the kids why the kids are even digging in the first place. He has to drink blood. That, like, oh, God, he, he, he whips the kid. The kid is crying, and he smiles after he, like, slaps him in the face. Like, there's some, there's some stuff that I deliberately did not want to think about growing up. Because there's a lot that I really remembered, like, shot-for-shot shot stuff. But the moment that they, the moment he looks at Short Round and says, I'm okay, kid, and winks, the movie is perfect. All the kid slaves are now free. All the like bad, scary elements are gone, and we're just a straight-ahead action movie. And the editing is great, and the set pieces are great, and the train, the like whole train thing is great. When they walk out and the water's spewing out, I couldn't help but think, "Wow, Mad Max Fury Road probably borrowed from that a little bit." And then you get to the bridge, which some say is not a good climax. Some say it's better in the in like the middle of a movie. And the train thing was the best way to end it on. Per earnestly, I think it's what makes it memorable. It's a breath of fresh air after this entire time inside. And some say that's wrong. I, I kind of feel it works. But, like, the set pieces are amazing when you get to that point. The China, the China stuff is okay. The driving stuff is okay. The, 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 I don't think the restaurant is very memorable. I don't think this movie picks up until this happens. And I think that's the point. But I also think that because you don't like her and the way he treats her and the comedy of them and her screaming and like the character of her is bad. Um, it doesn't work. The fact that he's a white savior also kind of sucks too. I, really I did kind of see that, that too. I did notice that too. I kind of wish that short rounds character was replaced by the kid who escaped the kid who escaped and got back. I wish that that's who decided to come with him and help. 
I wish like um, he had just met the woman and the woman was a stronger character in China. They escape. They escape from plane. And then they get there. They get to the village and that's when they meet the kid. And the kid is the one that carries the heart of the village the rest of the time. And he helps. Because like Short Round does a lot. Short Round's my favorite character of the movie outside of Indiana. But like if it was one of the kids from like, one of the villages, it would have been it would have had a much better impact. Um, but yeah, I also think Short Round is amazing. Like he may be racist, but he's like also awesome. He has a lot of agency. He helps Indiana. He has like powerful moments. And like this was his first movie ever. So I gotta be honest, he's like the best part of it. And there are moments that I also think that Harrison Ford is perfect and kind of like really nails the character. Like when the spikes are coming down. And when the spikes are coming down and up in that room, I was like, oh, this is bad. And then he goes, this is serious. And the way he says it, I was like, I love it. I love it. He doesn't have a plan. He just goes with his gut. But there are also so many things in this movie that could have been solved by him just, like, telling people stuff. When he walked in the room, if he'd just been like, some guy tried to kill me, calm down. That a whole bit would have been done. They would have just, like, talked to each other about how, what was happening in that room she would have done so much faster not like we're gonna die you need to hurry up and she's like oh i don't take you seriously he's like well if i explain the situation that spikes are gonna kill us and the walls are coming down like hurry, to, hurry up i'm gonna explain it to you but they don't it's and it's like it takes forever those comedy bits don't work because she's not great and it sucks it really sucks there's a there's a podcast i listened to about this and the guys were like she doesn't work as a character because she's dumb and the other love interests, um, including Marion Twice, uh, are smart. And like he, the movies are better when they hit you on an intellectual level. And yes, I do think sol- solving puzzles and treasure hunting is a very fun aspect of this movie. Because like literally, they treasure hunt and go through the traps in two seconds, and then they get kidnapped. And then it's like that stuff only happens for like ten minutes. But I, I, I think when it like works in those movies. And those women are smarter, sure. But here, I don't think she need, he needs to be attracted to a smart woman. They're both two attractive people. They want to, like, have sex. And she's, they're not going to, like, stay together. She knows that. He knows that. She's a singer, a famous singer. So she's going to go on back to her life, wherever that is. And he's just going to go back to being a teacher, sometimes adventures. Like, it's not going to work out. And they know it. They just want to have casual sex. That's not a bad thing. That's why she doesn't have to last past Marion. But I, I don't know. I just think because this movie is so claustrophobic, because he's such a, like, hero, you know, I, I, he's just not a real person in this movie to me, Indiana. It feels like this is Indiana the legend. So if you, like, watch this first and then go into Raiders and then go into Crusade, I feel mm. like those vibes work a lot better. But... Um, that's just how I'm seeing this. I feel like this movie mm-hmm. would be better to watch chronologically. Um, outside of that, I think the entire, everything past the moment he weeks from the kid is mwah, it's solid. All the dark elements are out. The bad guys are getting their comeuppance. Um, it's thrilling, and it's inventive, and I like it. See, now, I'm like... I say watch Raiders first, because A, that's just how I am, and B... If you okay, if so, I always think about this like if somebody who had never seen Indiana Jones before sees Temple of Doom first and they're like, Who the hell is this guy? Uh, and then like they go into Raiders and I'm like, These are two separate people. What kind of thing am I watching? I was like, Okay, I think Raiders is the better character introduction and it sets the tone for what the overall 
series would actually become. And Temple of Doom was just this weird, dark side quest. And um, it's more, it's, yeah, I, I just think it's more of a departure than what, now that we have like the whole series, you know, um, I say watch Raiders. I, m- me, I watch Raiders first, and personally, after watching Temple of Doom and hearing us talk about it, heck, put Temple of Doom. You can watch Temple of Doom after Crusades, honestly. Of course, it's a prequel. The, the, there's like the argument can be made if you're watching these all the way through. You could the argument can be made that maybe you could watch. Temple of Doom after you've watched Crusades. Dude, you could watch it after Crystal Skull and just imagine that he's telling it to Mutt. And so, of course, it looks all weird and is odd and he's heroic and all this stuff. And this right. woman won't shut up and isn't your mom. Like, of course he's <laughs> No, of course. That's You're going to go back and finish school. Oh, man, I can't wait. But like, I can't wait why, does everybody, why does everybody feel the, the need sometimes to make the argument that you should watch the prequels of Star Wars first? Then the other way around, because I hear that a lot. I do okay, hear it a lot. I did, but I didn't. I see, because I everyone just... forgets for a second that the best cinematic reveal of all time is that Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. So you don't watch the prequels first, you watch them second. This has no oh, bearing. I've always... I honestly think that Indiana Jones is a better character in those movies for it. That's the thing. Like this, In this movie, he's like, of course he's hitting on singers, and of course he's like, you know, like being a white savior of the people and all the stuff that like and later he <laughs> at school and he teaches more and he's like, well, I don't believe in that mumbo jumbo of all like that. Holy stuff. I've seen a couple of things, but like whatever. And like, he's not really trying to do it. He's a little bit smarter. He's pacing himself a little bit more, but I do agree. It is an odd character introduction. If the movie is bad, if the movie is bad and I show it to someone, they're like, well, does Indiana Jones stories just seem like, okay, action movies to me they really take their time getting to the point i'm like yeah but raiders is better and like yeah they may think it's better but then they may go well it's taking forever to get to the thing because like raiders is all about like the 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 adventure and the set pieces that's it because it's mcguffin after mcguffin after mcguffin raiders has the same mcguffin lineup as transformers 2 i can't just count them it's every different section of the movie is a different thing people are looking after. But you love how they look after it. You love how the story is told. You love the way it's told. So I, I think the problem here is that they decide to go inside a cave and that they decide to make kids slaves and that they decide to like rip hearts out of chests and drink blood out of human skulls. They went too far. They just went too They went too far. So... I think when you get that out of the way and you just go to the other two movies that look, I think, more like Indiana Jones movie. It feels better. But yeah, honestly, yes. Chronologically, you could watch this movie whenever the hell you wanted. It has no bearing on the character itself, really. No connection to any other movie. Short Round never shows up. He never talked about Willie. Yeah. I personally think for now on I'm going to watch it first because I've seen the series so much and I just want to get it out of the way. It's the most memorable for me. I watched it the most as a kid. Raiders took me a little bit later in life to get to Crusade. I've seen the least. And the fourth one I just don't think is that bad. Um, we'll talk about the fourth one when we get there. But can... 
I I I think I still disagree with you on that, but that's fine. Anyway. Rating. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about the movie before grading? Because we're at an hour. <laughs> the, the virus is like cutting news, man. And you guys got to watch some stuff. Well, you need to talk I about how good-looking Oscar Isaac is. Well, I, that should... you should Give me to an hour and a half at least. I, you stopped me so I could have covered at least 20 minutes on that. Dang it. Can't be said enough, guys. I mean, that's going to be a short already. Well, let me ask you this. What's your favorite set piece? Ooh. Oh. Dead air. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I want to say it's the bridge because that's the more memorable from my childhood. But then there's the escape. Uh, just everything after the... Everything after they save Willie to me is just so fun. Yeah, no, I think it's, the, the, it's, we'll it's Indy fighting the big guy. That's it. Yeah, that's the That's my favorite set piece. I agree. I think the 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 bridge is more memorable for sure. It's just because visually visually it's interesting, and it's also just a crazy idea to pull off. And then I also think that the train thing is the trolley thing is amazing. Um, and I do believe this was nominated. I'm not sure if it won special effects at the Oscars, but it was nominated. Um, specifically for that car ride itself. Um, and, but I agree. It's because when he's fighting the big guy, you see short it round It did win best special effects, Alex. How are you so much faster than me? He's going by phone. You're going by computer, I'm guessing. Dang it. I'm, I'm on computer, but I also literally had the IMDb already open. Oh, there you go. See, he had the IMDb. I, I just always have the IMDb to the film open because... If you need to reference anything specific about the film, it's easy just to like be like, oh, there it is. I got it. Very helpful. Thank you very much. I have the movie in front of me. It is. They're about right. to fall into some crocodiles. Anyway. Yeah, the crocodiles were just, oh, man. Um, I'm going to make a point. Alex, when you're done, I'm going to make a point, and it's going to be so good. What? Say it now. Steven Spielberg is the king of ridiculous. Big guy gets hit with a sledgehammer and the ribcage, and he doesn't sell it for crap. I'm like, yes, keep going. And then you've got a freaking voodoo doll of Indiana Jones. And it's, he's got the leather jacket. He's got the hat. And the Maharaj is stabbing him. I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so buying this. And it's so ridiculous. It's so out there. And I'm buying it. And How do you feel about the <laughs> How do you feel about the fridge when you compare all the things that happened in this movie, including that's people getting the thing. Now I really want to see Kingdom Skull. About how I feel about it. Now I really—that's what I was thinking when I was thinking about how much I like this for how ridiculous this is. Now I'm like, okay, now I got to watch Kingdom Skull again. Now I have to. Yes, see, people need to shut up. It's not that bad. He's like, I have to. Like, this is like, this is so funny to me. And then he was gonna murder him with a pickaxe. I'm like, oh my god. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and then you knock people out of trances by burning them? Come on! Like, he's the king of ridiculous. I'll buy whatever he's selling. 
This is where he is the if most. He was got a massive cocaine habit, and he just made like this is those like like guano crazy movie, and just I would, went I for it. I would have been like, great. The guy has a habit of making two movies a year, and I have heard stories, but I don't think it's cocaine. I think it's something else. <laughs> uh, but the guy Funny. has... He's really making two masterpieces at once in one year. Um, constantly. So yeah, there's something up with him, for sure. The dude is definitely smoking a lot of pot. He's gotta be. How does he get through all that? It's Especially after Jaws. He's not tolerating any of it anymore. The guy smokes five joints every day on set. Um, I think he's taking some kind of intense upper. Um, probably not cocaine. Probably something a little bit more intense than that would be my guess. But um, yeah. There were parts out of people's chests that they live. He's only the guy's heart as it's burning as the guy is burning itself. Uh, it's nuts. I'm Again, bad. I'm it is dark. It's crazy. And as soon as I saw it, as soon as I saw it, like the whole the like um the whole uh thing, the whole state the setup that they had for the sacrifices. I'm like, first off. This is something out of, like, the rebooted Tomb Raider games. And... <laughs> or the rebooted Tomb Raider is taken from this. That is also... That is, that is true, but taken to another level. Um, like, full, they commit to rated R. Um, mm-hmm. How did this movie get PG back then? This, this movie... Because PG-13 well, this... didn't exist. That's actually no, why. No, that's the thing. Like... That's the thing. This is like, how is this not like a hard like R? Because well, it's not. It's there was not. no. Don't like. Uh, I'm, gonna, no, I'm, gonna explain to you, I'm gonna explain to you, Chris. Like this, I agree. This is very intense for a PG movie. Super intense for PG movie, and it is pretty close to an R, except that there is no nudity and no one says fuck or shit. Um, the reason that this. Shit. Okay, I see. I don't, I don't really. I don't think anyone says shit in it, but at the same time, oh, Indy does movie, say shit. This movie plus Gremlins are the two movies that together, because of the reactions that parents had from them, created the PG-13 rating. Dang. Yeah. It's just just wild 80s, man. Wild. Yeah, they went too far. There's, dude, PG, like, the airplane has boobs in it, and it's PG. No one cares. No, I, yeah. There's a reason why Last Crusade is PG-13 after this, and... It and Crystal Skull are the only two PG-13 movies in the franchise. Is because this movie really, really shouldn't have been PG. But it is. But uh, I'm also like 90% sure that Spielberg was on some grade-A Snoop Kush when he was also this movie. Also breakup and divorce at the same time. Yeah, if you have characters that are getting their hearts ripped no. out but they're still alive, you're going through a breakup. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I, was, I feel like you. I feel like you. I feel like you know something about that. Uh, <laughs> you, have you ripped out people's chests recently? No, I just. How many hearts are you hanging from that tree right now? Let's just say I've had my heart ripped. Are out some of them? Are, are some of them on fire? 
Are they? You ask them. <laughs> Is that what I'm spelling right now? Women. Those dolls. There's a photo doll of Indiana Jones. Dude. Yeah. Where does that? How does he not start choking when the entire like mine gets flooded with water? Because that doll is just laying on the ground. When we leave I it, think, I think when they burn when they burn the kid, they stop the curse that the kid the kid was using. At the very okay. least, the kid was probably like, "Oh, I'm done with this voodoo doll." So the curse isn't the spell's broken. So whatever. Oh man, that would be hilarious. Though. That's a good point. choking. They're like, here's your, here's your skull. <laughs> and before it cuts the bridge, and they just kill short random Willie. <sighs> like, crazy. We all found those like alligators. Man, he was gonna cut the bridge. Crazy. Let's go home. <laughs> and there are gators at the bottom. Yeah, alligators. Movie's insane. I love using that word now. I mean, like I was thinking about it at work. It's like we use we use the word insane a lot. We take it lightly. Like it's that is that like outside of certain circumstances, like Ready to Rumble or Norma the North or Surfer Dinkins from from Front Sphere. But like, just oh, it's just this so crazy. A, this is a sequel to the most popular action film of its time. This is a sequel to it. This is what they, this is, people were, they had people's money already. So they decided to fill it with some of the like craziest shit around because they were going through some, they were going through some stuff. So to recap our podcast, back to Willow. Um, what were we talking like about? Our podca- like our podcast in general, like back to Willow. They swap faces, raise a Palpatine, <laughs> and they rip parts out of chests, beating heart. Yep. Yes. They're still alive. Yes. They're still alive. They're definitely also, alive. how are their shoes not filled with shit? That's another, that's, that's another classic. That's probably, that's probably a good one. No um, one's talking you're still not talking about it. <laughs> You're waiting. I am. With the, with the massive boom microphone, just waiting for somebody to talk about ready All to right, rumble. All right, boys. Let's, let's give some grades, shall we? B? No. Quite, duh, 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 do I go B? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm teetering. I'm leaning towards B- minus because Zach is, like, really trying to take over my podcast right now. And, like... Because I'm a Palpatine. Sorry. Dang it. <laughs> you walked right into it. The dark cir- the dark circles in your eyes should have warned me. Um, I know. <laughs> I'm B minus. I'm gonna have to hear it from you guys first. Um I'm gonna go B. I'm gonna go C plus. Fine, I'll be right in the middle. B minor. B minor B minor. Minus. Uh, yes, minus. be minus. Be minor. Uh, I don't know. I I think that there the second half of this movie when the set pieces get started, that's what an Indiana Jones movie is for me. 
also i do think that this i do think this is a beautiful set a lot of beautiful things about it um so i just i can't ignore how much work went into how beautiful this movie is if you can get past the crazy shit um and uh i i I don't like the character. I don't like her as a character that she likes around. And I do think that their relationship is really good and Indiana. So I do think that the, there's merits to the movie. And also, it's better than most movies. It's sure. better than most movies. Like, this is a bad Spielberg movie, and those are not always that bad. It's a bad action Spielberg movie, and those are really not that bad. They're actually pretty good. So I'm going to say that this is a little bit above average just for the set, for the train scene, uh, the trolley scene, and the, just the set pieces altogether. I think all the set pieces are great. Okay. Well, that one's done. <laughs> As in the game. Um, another, one, another one in the bag. Another one in the bag. Um, so... <laughs> Also, one more thing about Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want this debate to be settled once and for all. Which gun should Indy actually use? What do you, when? Because do you notice throughout the movie, he switches between two guns? No. I, I assume go back, the, if you go back to the bar scene where he's saving Marion, the whole bar shootout. He uses uh-huh. two different guns, Alex. In that scene? Between shots. Yes. Uh, wait, he uses wait, wait. two different guns. Now, are you saying that he's using that... Okay, so he pulls his gun out of his holster to shoot someone at some yes. point, right? And right. then you're saying at some point after that moment, he uses a different gun. Is it the yes. same gun from his holster, or is it possible he could have taken that gun from somebody else in that fight? No, it's from that... It's the same gun from the one... Then... It's the same gun that he holstered, and like he and like they switch between a revolver and a forty-five. So it's and just it's the same gun, but it's a, you're just saying it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake. They couldn't decide which gun he was using, and they finally went with revolver. I mean, I don't remember. I guess he used. I guess yeah, he uses a revolver for the rest of the movie. But I honestly don't think. No, that's the, the he didn't even. It's not even that scene. If you go back to the all the way to the boat scene, he's loading the forty. He's loading a forty-five. Oh wait, when he's with her. I can't be the only one who noticed that. Because I don't care about guns. Like. I care about the small things, okay? That was a big deal. Some people do the same thing about Bond. Whenever a Bond movie comes out, they argue about his suit and his car and his watch and especially the gun he uses. Like, it's just the way that people do with him. So I could understand decide which gun to use because Spielberg wanted to make a James Bond-ish sort of movie. So I could see that being in there. But also, I, I, when I watched this movie and then watched the second movie, I was like, you know oh what? God. How many hats must he go through? He must have a store that's like, did you go through another one, Mr. Jones? Here's three more whips on the discount. Like, he's got to go through a lot. So, like, I, I, and then when they have the moment in the hills where he reaches for his gun, his gun is gone. Like, that was funny. <laughs> 
I just think he picks up whatever he has. It is a good moment. I just think he picks up whatever he has. Like just, he uses whatever gun he can find or whatever people can give him because he keeps losing stuff. Dude, that's not it. That's not it. It's not like he's. It's not like he switched guns. I'm saying like in one shot, saying he'll that's have the I- revolver. In another shot, he'll have the 45, and then it that goes on throughout the movie. Is that's it, what wait, I'm wait. saying. So I, I'm not saying that, that you're wrong about that. I'm saying that's why I didn't notice this. But okay. are you saying that? Like, are you saying that he's holding it in his hands? Kind of like there's a moment in Pretty Woman where uh, she's sitting and eating breakfast with the main character, Julie Roberts, and she's yeah. eating a waffle. And then at one point it cuts and she's eating a pancake. And then they okay. cut back and it's a waffle for the rest of the scene. That's that exactly what, what it is. That's exactly okay, so what it is. Holding the gun and the gun switches. Except they hand. switch it. What it the, the the shot differential is so much diff. There's like so much more. There's multiple shots. Of him using the revolver and using the the forty five. So like I maybe yeah maybe there's one take where they had a revolver and one take where they had the forty five and it was just going back and forth. Spielberg is the king of cheating. You said it yourself. He's the king of everything. Yes, but the thing about him that makes him the king of cheating versus everyone else—it's the things he decides that he can cheat with, and the things that he decides. Uh, and, and the speed in which he allows you to it, it, see that information. Like, those those moments happen really fast, and you're the only one that noticed them because you were looking at his gun. And I wasn't. I'm looking at, how like, who's getting shot in the face and where are things geographically. And that's how I look at the scene. I don't expect to do that with guns. Some people, some people do, some people don't. You can never expect, as a filmmaker, what people are going to focus on. So you've got to do your best. That's why he's the king of giving you information. He's like the populist because he uses the camera to tell you what you think, what he knows you need to know. And then what you think you need to know, you find on your own as an audience. That's why there are so many scenes. That's why set pieces are so good. There's no dialogue. It's just the camera giving you information. Like He could have made a Mad Max movie because his set pieces are amazing. And it's all like visual stuff. That's why Mad Max is so great. They're telling you character stuff through their actions. And it's the same thing. But also, Lucas is really good at writing lines like, um, someone's like, what's your plan? He's like, I don't know. I'm making this stuff as I go along. Like, that's Lucas. So it's a combination of a really well-developed character and a guy who's like, how I can put this character into this situation. Like, the opening of Last Crusade is young Indiana Jones going through compartment after compartment, crazy things in a train. Like he's just—he's like after Hitchcock, the best set piece master around. All right, let's send, let's send Zach to bed. Um, so next time, Last Crusade, Sean Connery joins the chat. Um, Talk about a guy who hates women. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, got a history. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Talk about a guy who hates women. (laughs) I like the Austrian way better. Shout it out. All right. (laughs) Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye, bye. I still don't have a meltdown ready, so we're just going to make